This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Lumen Skin. By now, we are positive that you've seen what is arguably the most viral video of 2022 so far. Yeah, I hope you've seen it, because uh, if we show it... We cannot show it. Some YouTuber is going to take all our money. Yeah, so. uh, someone who has yet to be identified, though there are no shortage of theories and circumstantial evidence as to who this person may be. Someone jumped a Tesla over the top of one of the steepest residential streets in the United States of America, specifically located in the Echo Park neighborhood of Los Angeles. And before we get started, we, we did just mention it, but uh, this episode will be a little bit light on footage and images because there is a flurry of copyright and content strikes going on surrounding this stunt. With that out of the way, uh, here is the most comprehensive collection of news that we can put together regarding the Tesla jumping saga. Yeah, so first off, this should probably go without saying, but this was incredibly dangerous and stupid and could have easily killed an innocent bystander as well as uh, the driver and passengers of the flying car themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, this would have been a dumb, risky idea in a controlled environment. Doing it on a public street is just so far removed from rationality that it could have only been perpetrated by uh, someone with online influencer brain yeah, or uh, something like that. It's really looking like that might be the case here, too. Yeah, it had to be someone chasing clout. There is no other explanation. Well, there is. Uh, it is funny. So this is a phenomenon that you've, uh, you see going back a long time, ever since the idea of like cars and coffee meetups yeah. started happening. And you used to only really see it with Mustang drivers. <laughs> uh, there was a weird trend, mostly on Reddit, where every weekend there'd be some cars and coffee Mustang driver meetup where all the Mustang guys would meet up in a parking lot and rev their engines. And then as things wrapped up, each of them would uh, peel, just, out, of the just peel out of the parking yeah. lot. And because these are rear, very powerful rear wheel drive cars, and a lot of these people haven't owned them for too long and don't understand the... Uh, amount of power that comes with a rear rear wheel drive uh, V8 engine uh, just every weekend. Just cars just going into traffic, crashing into trees and shit. So this this Tesla incident came out of a evening Tesla meetup where yeah, everyone's yeah. they're they're doing their their fart sounds together. They're yeah. uh, it's a cult. Anyway, this is uh this whole incident is so far beyond the like accidentally offensive videos that are like made out of ignorance or like stage prank videos that encourage Horrific behavior. Uh, it's 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 even worse than videos featuring risky stunts where only the person involved is at risk. This is jumping a three thousand pound chunk of metal and very flammable batteries on a public residential street yeah. where you are riding uphill with zero visibility. visibility of what is on the other side of that hill. Mm -hmm. I live very close to here, and it is a. It, it's hard to. It, the best way to explain it is that multiple times throughout its history, a bus has tried to go over the top and has ended up stuck like this yeah. with neither its front nor its back wheels able to touch down on the ground. Like riding down this hill on a skateboard is is risking death. Yeah. Uh, I, at the I, very least, you're going to have road rash all over your body. I took but a, that would only hurt you. And potentially if you rolled into something, whatever. But I, I took a bicycle down, not not this street, but one close to it. And it was just hands on the brakes the entire time. I'm like, this was fucking stupid. What am I doing? Yeah, so uh, this was completely irrational, stupid, and potentially deadly. Luckily, no one fucking died, but it could have gotten a lot worse. Uh, and not only just barely jumping this hill, no. this car was flying. Literally, it caught so much air. 
whoever was behind the wheel of this thing absolutely threw all rational thinking out the window and floored this car, sending it flying dozens, if not hundreds of feet, with what appears to have been at least 15 feet of clearance from the ground. You get a great view of the bottom of this car. Yes. Uh, it landed violently and then crashed into some other parked cars. The cars that were crashed into, uh, at least one of which was reportedly totaled, and one of the owners created a video about the incident, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, let's look into the official reports of what happened and the claims of who's responsible that have been making the rounds online, as well as being sent directly to the LAPD for further investigation. So the two names that keep popping up repeatedly throughout the saga are Alex Choi and Dirt Dom. Dirty, I think it's Dirty Dom. Dirty Dom. Dirty, Dirty Dom. So these are both YouTubers and TikTok influencers who's, who, who have made a living off of this type of vlogging content. Also, in case you're wondering, the reason we can't show you the video of the incident is because according to people who have shared their stories about the stunt, like the person whose car got totaled in the stunt itself, uh... Alex Choi has just been copyright striking anyone who uses that footage, even someone using it to raise money to replace their car yes. that was destroyed Struck. pointlessly. Mm -hmm. So in the hours that followed the release of the clip, two people in particular seem to be either active participants, accessories to the crime, or at the very least witnesses who could help investigators find who was actually responsible. So let's start with Alex Choi. So Alex Choi is the person who filmed the angle of the clip that went viral and also runs a dedicated car channel on YouTube, which he describes as home to quote, the greatest car shenanigans. And popular uploads of his include the destruction of high-end cars, uh, what appears to be illegal activities on public streets, and potentially illegal car modifications. This is literally how he yeah. titles and <laughs> promotes his videos. So it wouldn't be entirely outside the realm of possibility that he might actually be involved in a Tesla jumping stunt. Though, according to Choi himself, he was just there to film it. And he claims to not know the identity of the driver and says that it's just some random person that he met at a Tesla meetup. And while admitting that you attend Tesla meetups definitely makes you seem like a huge loser, there's nothing illegal about that. Yet. Um, what could be problematic for Alex Choi, though, is his proximity to the stunt based clearly on his own video evidence of what transpired. Also, the fact that he was the one who posted the online video, seemingly glorifying what happened, and also was seen as profiting off of a dangerous stunt and the outrage that followed, while clearly not being the person behind the wheel. And we'll note here that the video has obviously been demonetized by YouTube, so he's no longer technically making the at least the typical amount of money that you would make off a video like this, but his admission that YouTube had demonetized the video would seem to indicate that he did have it monetized at least at one point in time when it was uploaded. Yeah. Because you can't be demonetized if you weren't monetized in the first place. That's true. <sighs> so from his video, it plays out as follows. He shows up at a Tesla meet. He orchestrates a synchronized Tesla fart off. And then some random person's like, you want to see something crazy? Everyone come meet at this location and watch me jump this Tesla, which still not exactly the type of situation that any normal person would willingly upload and want to be associated with, but clout pays the bills. Yeah. Choi elaborates further in an interview with a local, local CBS outlet saying, the moment I got there, didn't even give me a second to ask him a question. No test runs, didn't even bother to look at what's on the other side of the road. He drove down to the bottom of the street. I got out of my car like, oh, wow, he's really doing this. Like, he's really going to do this. Um, and just to put a pin in Choi's involvement in this for a moment, uh, one of the guys whose car was wrecked as a result of the stunt uploaded a video about it asking for help in fixing his car uh, or replacing it because it turns out it's totaled, uh, and then explained what happened to him uh, that night uh, upon discovery. Uh, Alex Choi then hit him with a copyright strike for showing the viral clip within his video about the incident. 
Choi then posted on Instagram confirming the strike and attempting to explain himself, saying, yes, I filed a copyright slash defamation strike on a YouTube video claiming that I orchestrated and coordinated the stunt, which is the furthest from the truth. With the continued false claims, I will soon consider a defamation lawsuit. I left the victim a $2,000 donation. I'd also like to point out that his car is getting fixed, free of charge. My video, obviously, has been demonetized, and I do not make any profits off posting this video. It's saddening to see everyone accusing me of everything when all I did was point a camera at a Tesla speeding up a hill without a warning. He added, FAQ, I definitely will be having another Tesla meet. Let's just all remind each other that cars don't fly. And FAQ 2, the jump did not happen during my meet. My meet was over at 11. This happened at 1230. <sighs> Buddy. Uh, not, I, I have no, I do, did not know who this guy was before this, but uh, one of the top videos when trying to learn about who he was was one of him uh, up in the canyon country of LA uh, in his Lambo. Doing donuts and almost hitting a motorcycle. Literally ride. like pulling off the, pulling onto the road pulling a, a Yui on the road right as a motorcycle was about to pass by, like literally missing him by inches. Yeah. It's like, maybe this guy's too stupid to be driving these fucking People cars. People literally get killed in the hills of Malibu yeah. and Santa Monica all the time because of this kind of shit. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, like I skimmed his videos. They're like, where's one was like, Canyon ride, full speed BMW, where it's just like, dude, is you can hear the tire squealing around turns. It's he need, like- He needs to have his license uh, permanently taken away. Put this guy on a fucking tricycle. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, a lot to unpack here. Most of it is uh, completely obvious, but the, the genesis of this stunt was clearly at this guy's Tesla meetup. Mm -hmm. Just because it happened after the official meetup doesn't mean it wasn't a result of his meetup. The whole, all I did was point a camera comment is technically true, but it would be very hard to prove that he had no idea what was going to happen because in interviews with news outlets, he says that the Tesla driver wanted to show them the spot where another YouTuber had jumped a car. And then Choi and a bunch of other people just happened to all start filming at the peak of the hill while the Tesla was at the bottom for some strange reason. Hmm. Who could have seen that coming? Well, you can't hear a Tesla rev up very well. That's so, uh, true. Yeah, we really had no idea. Everyone was just standing up there thinking that he was going to do nothing. He was probably just watching Netflix down there at the yeah. bottom of the hill. Yeah. yeah. Also, on the note of uh, his car is getting fixed for free, I mean, who out there watching would give a shit that your car is going to be repaired if the trade-off is that it's damaged in the first place? <laughs> it's a huge fucking inconvenience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even if you have great insurance, mm -hmm. like, if you have zero financial penalty, it's like, oh, it's going to be taken care of. It's still the fact that your car, it's sim just simply existing <laughs> on a street where a dangerous stunt took place, it sucks having to deal with all the paperwork, the investigations, and the fact that you can't drive your car for an extended period of time. Uh, it's not like this was a favor. He's not, <laughs> this is the bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, Alex Choi wasn't the one driving the Tesla, but the stunt spawned from a meetup that he was involved in. He was at the scene anticipating something since he was filming and ready. I also love in Alex Choi's video, this this car expert, he go, he goes down to the car that got hit and he's like, oh, all they're gonna need, thankfully all they're gonna need is like a new bumper. Just like not understanding uh, how damage to the frame works yeah. at all. It's like, no, he yeah, got- Yeah, it was in park and it fucking busted the steering column. And yeah. it's, like, it's a car that it's is not brand new. So fucking it's like, totaled. yeah. Now look, here's where the whole saga gets a bit muddy because within hours of the video going viral and causing outrage online, someone was stupid enough to not only claim responsibility, but actively embrace and encourage all of the hate that was coming his way online, seemingly proud of himself for putting himself and others at risk. 
And while it is stupid to not only admit to what is almost certainly a felony, but also appear proud of what you've done in order to go viral, what's even dumber is that this dude allegedly had nothing to do with the <laughs> Tesla jump and just claimed responsibility for it in order to go viral and get clout. Ha, you idiots. I was only joking about committing a felony and putting people in danger in order to get clout. Don't you feel stupid for believing me? Literal fucking big brain move right here. It's like uh, like if there was a big fire downtown yeah. and like some YouTuber was I like, did it. I started here the I fire. am starting the fire. Like, Why is everyone mad at me? Uh, everyone's so stupid for believing stupid. exactly what I told them. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's get into this part of it. According to local outlet KTLA, by Sunday evening, police said they had received more than 50 tips as to the driver's identity. Quote, over 90% of the tips are of the same person who has a TikTok handle of at Dominicas or at Dirty Dom on Twitter. He is considered a person of interest based on the public postings on his account. The LAPD's Central Traffic Division tweeted, the LAPD added that they are no longer seeking tips about this person as they have reached out to him, though they would like any witnesses to also come forward. But... Ha ha, jokes on everyone else, he was only faking the crime. Because Dirty Dom simply edited together a video that made it look exactly like he was the one who jumped the Tesla by filming the scenes and the audio necessary to make it look like he had done the jump. Yeah. Basically taking the viral shots of the video and adding in everything else in an attempt to go viral alongside the original video, thus making him into a public nuisance, which would in turn get a bunch of views and subscribers across all of his social and video accounts. Big brain move. I mean, yeah, the initial reports about his involvement, they were all wrong because he admitted to doing it and provided the public with proof that he did it. Proof. And then people reported those admissions and videos to the authorities. I mean, he literally created fake news and then called out people for perpetuating fake news. I mean, it's not unheard of, but it's also like this person had absolutely no problem with looking like a fucking asshole yeah. uh, in order to get views and in the process admitted to doing a crime that he didn't commit. Yeah. I mean, anyways, after becoming the main character on Twitter for a day and a half, followed by appearances on local news outlets while laughing about the entire saga, Dirty Dom uploaded a follow-up video explaining how he'd faked his involvement and how funny it was that everyone thought it was him. In his eyes, this was an epic prank, and he totally fooled everyone while getting millions of views in the process and proving that the fake news media just wanted a villain or something like that. But back to the stunt itself. Oh, I, I do want to add that, uh, at least net for right now, uh, he has had his at least his TikTok account completely deleted from the platform, which erases all the clout. All my clout gone. Yeah. <laughs> all my apes. <laughs> all my apes. Gone. But uh, yeah, back to that stunt. Uh, the LAPD, in their infinite wisdom, offered up a whopping $1,000 <laughs> reward for anyone who comes forward with information that leads to the arrest and conviction of the person who was actually behind the wheel. $1,000. Such a comically low amount of money considering the other people who were present when this happened. Uh, $1,000, look, it's not nothing. It's a lot of money, but yeah. almost certainly not enough for a bunch of seemingly wealthy influencers who are just as happy to not incriminate someone uh, if they actually do know who it is. Yeah. Which seems likely. Someone there has to know who this guy yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, as for the car itself, reports seem to indicate that this particular Tesla was a rental car. Ooh, that someone had acquired on the Toro app. Oh, God. The uh, Toro what? app, which allows, trail. which allows people to rent out their personal cars. Yeah. So this is some random Tesla owner, uh, you know, it's their personal daily driver, but they're not using it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to loan it out, make some money on the side. Oh, no. 
and yeah, also it's a Tesla. It's probably the last car you'd want to commit a crime in because every inch of the movement of a Tesla is tracked. It's arguably a rolling data center. So we don't think it'll be long before the actual driver is found, either through Toro or actual Tesla data. But that still leaves that dude who had his car totaled by the stunt. Luckily, no one was injured, but now this dude doesn't have his car and will have to probably rent or wait for a reimbursement. Uh, insurance only goes so far, and his car wasn't new. So even if he's reimbursed, it's likely he won't be able to afford a comparable car, especially in today's used car market. The car is clearly worth $4,000. Here's $4,000. Yeah. But with today's market, his car could have sold for $12,000. It's like, uh -huh. it's at the very least, it is annoying. Oh, yeah. And inconvenience. Yeah. Yeah, so this guy, he did, he did nothing wrong and got royally screwed by simply parking his car on the street where cars belong. <laughs> so we will leave a link to his video, which includes a link to a GoFundMe page to get him up and running again. And it looks like it already reached its goal, which is great news. Still, as someone who has had a car randomly destroyed <laughs> through no fault of their own, it is an extremely shitty situation to be in. And it's very annoying, even if everything works out. It yeah, was can you imagine a daunting the phone call to your like insurance company being like, "No, have you seen the news? That's yeah. my car, but it wasn't." A Tesla flew through the sky and crashed into the back of my car. No, I don't know who was driving it. It's uh, I don't know Toro app. Do you know what that is? I don't know. Do you know who Alex Choi is? Listen, I need an I I need a new car. It's total. Like when I had to do it, luckily everything ended up going smooth. But when I had to do it, uh, I had to submit. I remember having to submit the helicopter footage yeah. of the fire that broke out near my car as evidence that I had nothing to do with it and it wasn't the car that like caught itself on fire. Yeah. It's just annoying. And then I didn't have a car for, I don't know, a year, two years. That's me being like lazy and just not, or not being lazy. I found my own way in. But like, still, it sucks. It's just annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's the Tesla saga. Um, hopefully you learned something. Don't. Drive your car recklessly. Are Tesla drivers the biggest douchebags now? Bigger than BMW be, uh, drivers? Well, BMW, the Prius people were the ones that smelled their own farts. Uh, I still think that, like, when I'm on the road, I think BMW is probably the worst. Yeah, BMWs still Mercedes. make... Mercedes. BMWs make the most dickish, like, just weaving and... Yeah, highway as a racetrack kind yeah. of thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, Tesla meetups, kind of lame. Very lame. Pretty lame. Oh, look at us all saving the environment. Ugh. Anyways, uh, we do have more news for you in just a second. But let's take a quick break to thank today's sponsor, Lumen Skin. Guys, it's time to talk about skincare. If your skincare routine is basically just washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, it is time to level up that skincare game. Because as it turns out, that regular body wash that you've been using, you thought it was good enough, but it's probably damaging your skin. Thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of 3-in-1 and start using products that actually take care of your skin. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under-eye dark circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin, and more. Starting with Lumen is easy. All you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website, and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs. All of Lumen's products come with instructions, so it's extremely easy and will help protect your skin from potential damage or future acne. Look, we're not getting any younger. Uh, the older I get, the more I'm trying to cover up the fact that I am getting old. And uh, their routine works great for me. Uh, I got a lot of work to do because I constantly go out in the sun, and that is probably not the best for my yeah. skin. But it is nice. Uh, the one thing I can say is that I have extremely dry skin 
99% of the time, especially going into and coming out of the winter. Yeah. And uh, the Lumen Skin stuff has at least made me a lot more comfortable with sitting around and just like, I, my skin isn't like dry and weird and itchy and shit. I so, like to exfoliate. Yeah. Well, feels, that's also really good. good. Get that old nasty skin out there. Mm-hmm. Make way for the new the new skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so level up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. Go to lumenskin.com slash itdaily to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That is L-U-M-I-N skin dot com slash itdaily to get your free trial of Lumen's products. Lumenskin.com slash itdaily. All right, back into the news now with some more advertising. Oh, uh, no. no. Not another sponsored ad read, but a pretty strange tale from the world of major brand advertising that revolves around rapper Pusha T and also an internationally famous jingle, and a new diss track that lashes out at the company that he thinks wronged him. Now, apparently, according to Pusha T, Pusha T created the famous McDonald's jingle, I'm Loving It, though there are arguments as to how involved he actually was hmm. in its inception. And according to a recent article in Rolling Stone, quote, in 2016, industry vet Steve Stout shocked the industry when he claimed that Pusha T and his brother Malice, who now raps under the name No Malice, were the writers behind McDonald's ubiquitous I'm Loving It jingle in 2003, alongside Pharrell Williams and Justin Timberlake. The company had already paid Timberlake $6 million to record his song I'm Loving It, on which the jingle is based. Pusha's role in writing the jingle has since been disputed by others. Hmm. So in a now viral clip of Pusha appearing on the Joe Budden podcast, he elaborates further, saying that McDonald's gave him the short end of the stick for his role in the development of the jingle, paying out a one-time fee of half a million dollars, which seems like a lot, but considering how ubiquitous that jingle became, it's almost certainly got to be, it's got to be worth more than that. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, everybody knows it. Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was like Radiolab or This American Life, or maybe it was 20,000 Hertz. It was some podcast covered, uh, I think it was actually, it was 20,000 hertz, but they, they covered the, the story of the jingle, and it, uh, yeah, it's wild. They had to, it's translated into every possible language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's one of the most famous jingles of all time. And they've had it for nearly 20 years. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Pusha T learned from his mistakes here, and has since been involved in two more major fast food brand jingles. One is, of course, the new Arby's Fish Sandwich track, which also serves as a diss track for the McDonald's filet fish Sandwich, with lines like, filet fish is shit. And you should be disgusted. Pusha T indicates that he actually owns a portion of the rights to this jingle, along with another famous Arby's jingle, so that every time they play, he gets paid. Yeah, and he's probably getting a hefty sum for the other Arby's track, which is the now-famous heavy EDM-backed We Have the Meats jingle. Oh, that's him? Uh, Sort of. Um, What's odd about this one is that Pusha T is not featured on the Arby's version at all. He's just on the original track that Arby's licensed from Skrillex and Yogi called Burial. From that Rolling Stone article, despite his actual voice not appearing in the ad, Pusha confirmed he owns 40% of the track and gets paid every time it airs to this day. Bum, 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 We have the meats. He was just on the original track, so he still gets paid. Good for him. He was in the room while they made the McDonald's jingle. Yeah. He got half a million dollars. This man is, uh, he's going to hit every... Now he's got to do Hardy's Carl's. Uh... But the new Arby's track is 100% Pusha T. Oh. So that there you go. As so, long yeah. as it gets just as famous, which I don't know if it will, because the simplicity of the other two are what make it strong. But so, yeah, uh, it's, it's funny, though. That, so the We Have the Meat song, that's definitely been played at EDM festivals where tens of thousands of people are headbanging to what is now just an anthem for roast beef sandwiches. Yeah. Similar to um, Outback Steakhouse when they had that Let's go out back tonight. That was uh, 
they they licensed that from a band called Of Montreal, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a, a pretty like it was an indie track, like not really jingly, and um, they I think they made a lot of money off of it. But then people would shout out, play the play the Outback song at shows, and they'd get like all pissed off about it. It's like, come on, you oh, made your money. Yeah, you made your money. Well, we're having well, so fun here. I haven't looked it up. But which came first, the Applebee's country song or Applebee's like taking the country song? Oh, I don't know. What's, yeah. what's the Applebee's song? I can't even remember it right now. It's a it's a very big song in country music right now. Anyways, uh, the other one was um, I can't remember the name of the punk rock band, but uh, they sold their song to Garnier Fruitiques. Uh, Travis oh, Barker's the, the, the drummer. Transplants. Transplants, and they were on Warp Tour, and I would be on Warp Tour and like hearing the song. It's like oh, they're playing the like, they're playing the shampoo song. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That song was... Yeah, that, that was around for a long time, too. That was like... Uh, yeah, that was the guy from Rancid. Yeah, it was probably, like a super group of... Probably punk- made more money off that one song yeah. than his entire like discography of like Rancid and uh, what was the... Uh, Operation Ivy that he was in before that. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Applebee song was the one they cut in from Ukrainian war footage to play. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there's your news regarding Pusha T somehow being responsible for some of the most successful fast food advertising of the past two decades. Yeah. Wow. But now that we've covered the most viral clip of the week and uh, Pusha T's involvement in fast food jingles, let's talk about the current geopolitical climate. Okay. Uh, it's obviously not great. No. And the war in Ukraine continues with peace talks failing, uh, but Russia's advances seemingly slowing as they suffer losses and strategic failures. Uh, Putin's authority in Russia seems to be questioned more and more as time goes on. And again, we all we hope that this ends as quickly and humanely as possible. It should have never started in the first place. But anyways, that doesn't mean this conflict is over, not by a long shot. And as Putin becomes more desperate, there's really no telling what he could do. The actual invasion of Ukraine was something that people didn't even see coming uh, fully because it, it would have and actually did cut Russia off from the rest of the world. Now, one guy who is friendly with Putin, though, has provided a bit of insight into the Russian president's mind. And it's not a pretty place. He says some words that you shouldn't say. <laughs> so, um, who's who's this person enlightening us with uh, all of Putin's inner thoughts? Mm. Uh, well, it's, it's none other than former president uh, or current president, depending on what you believe. <laughs> Donald J. Trump, who has now indicated that among the many terrible things that Putin's done, he's also said the N-word. A bunch. Yeah. That's it, Putin. You're canceled. Invading Ukraine, whatever. Like I sleep, but uh, <laughs> tossing around the N-word all willy-nilly in conversations with other world leaders. No. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's just hear this shocking news straight from the source, which, uh, with no other contest, it, it, with with no other context, it's 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 funny. The man, <laughs> he has a way with words. You yeah, gotta admit, uh, he has a way of just it, having him explain just literally anything. He always goes with the most insane way of. Of doing it, <laughs> the, the worst and, uh, way you can describe something that you that actually like should be worrying. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, during a recent interview that aired on Fox Business, Trump said the following: I listened to him constantly using the N word. That's the N word, and he's constantly using it. So, uh, huh? Wow, what a shitty person! <laughs> wow, I don't like Putin anymore. Oh, <laughs> cancel. Can't be a fan of this guy anymore. Yeah, after learning that. Yeah, and like, and then there's a certain part of the internet that's like, well, Trump went digging through ten-year-old conversations, and uh, Putin has changed. Yeah, um, you're gonna. Oh, you've never said the n-word to a president before. <laughs> so what? What could that n-word possibly be? I, I mean, you're thinking it. We're thinking it. 
And it's probably what a majority of people would assume that someone was talking about when they reference the N-word. Folks, Putin is racist. And while that is probably also true, Trump quickly clarified to a very confused-looking Fox host that he was talking about the nuclear word. Oh, that N-word. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, Putin's just threatening to launch nukes. He's not being a bigot. (laughs) (laughs) That changes everything. Okay. (laughs) Here's the full clip. And he's constantly using it, the nuclear word. And we never talk, we say, oh, he's a nuclear power. I mean, honestly, pretty funny outside of the threat of nuclear war. Yeah. Uh, And Trump continued on saying that this would have never happened if he were still in office, adding the following. I got along with him, loving this country, and he loves his country, okay? But he's a different person than he was. He seems to be different. It just doesn't seem to be the same person I was dealing with. We did well with Russia. They didn't attack any other countries under us. I'm the only one where that didn't happen. And with Bush, they took Georgia and they took Crimea with Biden and Obama. And now he said, to hell with it. Let's take the whole thing. And that's all technically true when you consider that Putin did not have to act as an aggressor on the world stage because, well, the Trump administration kind of just handed him everything he wanted, even even going as far as claiming that Crimea was part of Russia at a G7 uh, summit back in 2018. Like, it's yours. You took it. We're acknowledging that it's yours now. Finders keepers, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, why would he have to do anything? Doesn't make sense. But it's okay because when Trump actually sought advice regarding our adversaries, he turned to the people that were best suited to explain to th- things to him in ways that he could understand. People like Kid Rock, who in a recent interview with Tucker Carlson explained that he would chat with Trump about things like North Korea and the Islamic State, with Rock saying that Trump asked his advice on such topics. Oh my God. Here's The Guardian with more. The rapper Kid Rock said Donald Trump once asked him for advice about U.S. policy on Islamic State and North Korea. In an interview with Fox News host Tucker Carlson broadcast on Monday night, the musician also discussed cancel culture, claiming to be uncancelable, and the coronavirus pandemic. On the latter, referring to Joe Biden's chief medical advisor, he said, Fuck Fauci. You speak for many when you say that, Carlson answered. Anyway, it continues. In a friendly interview time for the release of a new album, Kid Rock wearing a We the People cap, Carlson in V-neck sweater and khakis, the subject turned to the musician's friendship with Trump. Quote, I was there with Trump one day when he ended the caliphate. Kid Rock, 51 and born Robert Ritchie, told Carlson in reference to U.S. efforts against the Islamic State. He wanted to put out a tweet. I don't like to speak out of school. I hope I'm not. But the tweet was, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, you know, if you ever join the caliphate, you know, trying to do this, you're going to be dead. He goes, what do you think? I said, awesome. I can't add any better. But then it comes out and it's reworded and more political to look politically correct and just be afraid. Okay. He also said he and Trump were once looking at maps. I'm like, you know, like, am I supposed to be in on this shit? Like, I make dirty records sometimes. I do. What do you think we should do about North Korea? I'm like, what? I don't think I'm qualified to answer this. (laughs) He's right. I mean, at the very least. Kid Rock is right. Kid Rock was like, I'm in a little over my head here. We're looking at. uh... Am I allowed to see? All this shit right here. And honestly, he probably wasn't allowed to because as we know, Trump was uh, pretty willy nilly with the cop, uh, not copyright, but uh, classified information, Um, especially uh, in in regards to Russia. Yeah. Uh, Remember when he invited like Russian diplomats into the Oval Office? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, Well, that's cool. Tucker Carlson, who uh, they're, they're playing his clips on TV in Russia now. 
He's yeah, doing, they like, love him. He's doing such a good job, like, uh, supporting the... They also turned cost. Madison Cawthorn's clip into a, <laughs> uh, like, a propaganda ad over there, too. They're literally just replaying these clips, just subtitles, obviously. America stands that, with us. Yeah, they're like... The real Americans. That's right. Yeah. Look, Kid Rock is a dumb piece of shit. But also, you do have to give it to him. He did say that he probably shouldn't be seeing these things and had no opinions on what Trump should do as U.S. foreign policy when it relates to North Korea. He knows his limitations. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, man. I just write dirty records. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, to be a fly on the wall in those Now, Sarah Palin but... was there at the time. I wonder what her input, you know, as someone oh, who can yeah. see Russia from her house. Wasn't Ted Nugent with them? Ted Nugent was yeah. also there. Oh, my God. Real yeah. brain trust. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back with some tech news. But in the meantime, guys, we're playing Austin, playing. We're performing in Austin, Texas yeah. on April 1st. No fooling. April 1st, Stateside Theater. We're opening up for the Rooster Teeth podcast. You can get tickets now. There's a link in the description below. I'll pin a comment as well. Uh, get your tickets now because it's happening literally, what, nine days? Something like that. Next Friday, basically. TikTok. That's a lot. After that, we're going back in the hole. So uh, get your tickets now. Click the link in the description, and we'll see you there. And uh, in the meantime, please check out our most recent videos. We have a new episode of Weekly Weird News and a new news dump. Check both of those out. Like, favorite, favorite, Share, subscribe, uh, become comment. a uh, joined paying member. Do all that stuff. And we'll see you very soon for some tech news. Bye. Bye.